a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Grateful to you for tuning in today as we continue our coverage, not only of coronavirus, but of uh, politics in Washington uh, in this race for the presidency, as well as Utah's legislative session, which wraps up this coming Thursday. I'll be up there broadcasting live from uh, Capitol Hill. In fact, uh, all of us here at KSL, we're going to start the day at 5 a.m. Uh, broadcasting you. Utah's morning news will be there all throughout the day, uh, wrapping up in the evening with Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news. I'll fit in there uh, somewhere in the middle and you and I can chat and we'll talk to some legislators uh, and get a good look at things as they wrap up on Utah's Capitol Hill. Uh, I am honored to be joined by a friend of mine named Jason Rance. Uh, he is a talk show host uh, up in Seattle, Washington at KTTH, uh, hosts the evening program up there. And the interesting thing about Jason and I is uh, we have crossed paths a number of times throughout our, our careers. Uh, and for the most part, uh, he and I were both in uh, kind of supportive roles as producers or aides or uh, this or that. But now, but now he and I both uh, have our own uh, talk shows here on uh, various stations. So uh, first off, congratulations to you. I think it's the first time uh, you and I have interacted since you became a uh, talk show host. So that's wonderful. you got a few years under your belt. Uh, I'm just starting out. Any, any advice you'd give me before we get this chat started? S- subscribe to my podcast and do everything that I do, except just you know switch out Salt Lake and Seattle. Okay, very good. Uh, you lead, I'll follow, sir. Uh, listen, uh, I it's unfortunate. I think that you and I are uh, chatting on this topic. I've learned uh, in just the past hour or so, the governor up there in Washington has uh, introduced some new rules on how assisted living facilities uh, will operate. As precautionary measures, that uh, coming as we learned the death toll as a result of the coronavirus up in uh, your area is now uh, 23. Uh, more deaths up there in Washington than anywhere else uh, in the nation. And uh, it's got to be a, a scary thing. Seattle, uh, just 10 miles uh, uh, or so away from uh, Kirkland's uh, life care center just across the lake there uh, where this is uh, taking place, where there has been essentially a, a concentration of these cases and it's uh, leading to reactions by uh, individuals, obviously, organizations, officials, and schools. You uh, this morning published a, a column uh, which responds to the school's reaction under the headline, Seattle Schools Needlessly Exposing Kids to Coronavirus Over Social Justice. Uh, what would you hope to communicate there? Uh, I, I hope to communicate that they're choosing to decide how they're moving forward with uh, the coronavirus threat through a lens of social justice rather than through a lens of public health. Now, 
it's obviously subjective as to whether or not you should close down schools at this point. We're getting some mixed messages. On the one hand, we're being told by the governor and individual health officials that you should avoid large groups of 50 plus. But at the same time, they're not actually closing schools. Part of that has to do with the fact that the coronavirus is not impacting kids the same way it's impacting adults. Okay, fine. Some school districts, because this is being left up to their own uh, decision, they've decided to close down their schools, some around the Kirkland area, some in Snohomish County, which is just about 20, 30 minutes north of King County, where Seattle is. And they're doing that mostly because, one, there's the potential for the spread of coronavirus because a student, a staff member, or an adult had some sort of contact with someone with the coronavirus. So they're doing that out of an abundance of caution. Now, some schools are going directly to e-learning, so they're doing it all online just so kids aren't actually missing any of the the classes. Because when you miss days, you do eventually have to make them up. They just don't go away. And so Seattle has decided that they're not going to go the route of closing any schools, nor are they going to do e-learning. The reason they're not doing e-learning is because they say that not everyone can afford the technology or the Internet at home. I look at that and I say that's not a good reason not to move forward with e-learning. I think that's an unreasonable position. I think a reasonable position would be if you're not going to close the school, say, hey, if you have Internet access at home, if you have computer technology at home, you can stay at home and we're going to accommodate you there. If you can't, for whatever reason, maybe because you can't actually afford it, which they don't actually give the data as to how many kids. The civil authorities have issued an administrative message for all of Utah beginning at 2.05 p.m. and ending at 2.35 p.m. This is a test of the Utah Amber Alert system. If there had been an actual child abduction, a description of the victim would be given here. Hey, Jason, uh, apologies there. Here's what just happened on our end. We had one of those Amber Alert tests, uh, and it preempted us. So I'm glad that that system is working here on our end. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure where it cut you off. I think you were just uh, there talking about uh, the lack of data on the part of the superintendent in her assertion yeah, that, uh, uh, that you know, they weren't going to be offering this at-home learning uh, via the computer because there may be some folks uh, without access. I'll let you pick it yeah. up there. I'm simply saying a reasonable position, rather than looking at this as to whether or not someone has access to the Internet or not, is simply say, if you do have access to the Internet and you have the tools that makes e-learning available to you in your particular district, you should be given the opportunity to do so. You've got a lot of parents and a lot of kids who are scared right now. I think the fear is a little overblown, but I get it because this is a brand new virus. The idea that we're telling everyone that they have to come to school and they're not going to make a decision to do e-learning simply because a small percentage of students don't have access to the Internet, I think that's foolish. And there's really no sense of how many of those students there are, how many students uh, have zero access to the Internet, uh, don't have it either in their home, uh, don't have the ability to visit a public library or borrow from a friend or anything like that, huh? Yeah, I mean, if that, ask, if that data is available, they're not 
pushing it forward. It's certainly not an overwhelming number. This is still Seattle where the median income is very, very high. There's a high cost of living here. There's no doubt that some people are clearly going to be impacted by that because of their own socioeconomic position, but that's not going to be a large percentage. Let me ask you this. The the, the experience of the Seattle area is far different from uh, what's going on down here in Utah regarding uh, the coronavirus. What's the mood up there? How are you and others uh, dealing with this? So, you know, it depends on where exactly you are. It's definitely a little bit eerie lately, and I get the feeling of unease amongst people. I'm seeing the emails coming in. I'm following people on Twitter and the text line. Some folks are scared. Others think it's being blown out of proportion. I think we're getting mixed messages. I I had a piece yesterday. We're getting mixed messages from the leadership here. You have different districts saying completely different things, and oftentimes they're saying things that are in conflict with previous actions that they've taken. And so we don't really have a singular leader. Now, in times, I understand why you don't necessarily want one person dictating everything from a district by district way, right? King County, where Seattle's located, is going to be different than Chelan County, where there is significantly smaller of a population. But when you've got so many people saying so many different things, I do think it creates a type of panic that otherwise wouldn't exist. Yeah. Uh, Jason Rance, I'm grateful to you. Uh, your talk show host up at KTTH in Seattle. Uh, you've also got a podcast you mentioned, and uh, my producer let me know that you'll be on Fox News tonight talking about this election stuff. Is that right? Yes, I will be on tonight at uh, 9 o'clock Pacific, so 10 o'clock your time. Outstanding. Uh, Jason Rance, sir, uh, let's not let this be the last time you and I chat, all right? Definitely. You take it easy. Uh, listen, we're going to take a break here, and in just a moment when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, a delicate issue being debated up on Utah's Capitol Hill. It has to do with warning labels and whether or not they should appear on pornographic material. We'll discuss that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio.